Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Merry Christmas. Well, you're supposed to say Merry Christmas back. All right. Somebody says Merry Christmas. What do you say? Oh, when I'm in the store, somebody says Merry Christmas. Oh, no. Merry Christmas. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) That's right, man. It is a busy, busy time. Is that crazy? It's so busy, man. I mean, we're, at, we're at the store, man, and Debbie and I are looking around, and it's just crowded. And, you know, I could see how that makes some people angry. It makes me happy because I love people. <laughs> come on, everybody. I want to go to the parking lot on the street. Everybody pull in here, man. Just come on in. All right, let's just all hang out and make everybody mad. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right? But it's so busy right now, man, and churches are, are just putting it out, right? They're just, they're just putting it out this time of year. Hardcore, right? Putting it out big time for this coming weekend. It's a big weekend. It is. Right? Christmas Eve is on Saturday night. Christmas Day is on Sunday. It's a big party weekend for Jesus. Amen. I mean, it's just his, it's just his birthday, right? But, 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 but I got to challenge you, <laughs> of course, right? How many of us can truthfully say, all right, what we're doing right now is what God desires? <laughs> all right. Please don't ask these questions, all right? Um, how many can say, all right, that, that we're, we're only doing what we see him doing right now? Or how many would say we're, we're all, we're doing this for Jesus, right? Or we're gonna be totally, totally honest. How many would say that the, the things that they're doing right now don't even really include Jesus? It just, we're just kind of using his name. All right, how can we even know really how to answer these questions rightly? How can we even know what are the right questions to ask, man? And let me be fair, man, a lot of churches, including us, are doing what we do, all right, because we sat with Christ and we were led to, to he had led us to, to do what it takes to make it easier for people to know Jesus. That's a real thing, but we want to follow it up with leading them to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's called discipleship. Very, very important. Truth is, okay, here, here, we're gonna set with you again. If you can read this sentence right here with me, all right, understand what I'm talking about. You'll know exactly where we're going today, so you can go ahead and take a nap. Don't take a nap, because I'm gonna yell to wake you up anyways. All right, here's the truth. In order to know the right way forward in any situation, we gotta sit with Jesus before we can serve him and even serve with him. Think about it. As you put your gifts to work, as you put your talents to work, all right, as you create influence and gain more influence, as you create platforms for life and living life and and trying to live a better life and live a good life and even a moral life, all right, as you create all these things, how often do you ask why? How often do you ask what is the point? How often do you ask why you're doing what? You're doing. And if you do ask the question why, and if I could ask you why, you can have an answer right now. My question is, is your answer to the question why, is it bigger than yourself? Is your answer to the question why bigger than your family? Is your answer to the question why bigger than yourself, bigger than your family, bigger than your friends and all your relationships? Is it bigger than you? 
Because if you're doing what you're doing just to protect the things that you have gained, the ground that you have taken, all right, and then to create opportunity to gain more and to take more, well, then you're going to lose it. And you're going to lose yourself in that mix. Jesus himself said this in Luke 9, 24, whoever, for whoever will save his life will lose it. If you try to just hold on and get more and get your, you know what I mean? Go out and get that dollar, all right? <laughs> You're gonna lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. When was the last time you sat before God daily? I know it's been busy. When was the last time you sat before God daily, listening with intention, leaning in with intention, listening? We got a lot to say, but so does he. Leaning in, listening with intention at the feet of Christ. This act of submission before God, understanding everything that he is saying to you and asking of you for the day. We're so ready to get busy. Right, we're, we're busy people, man. All right? We're so ready to get busy. We're so ready to pitch in. We're so ready to get in there and just and do our part. But how do you even know what that looks like? I mean, you, you can only look at other Christians and try to imitate them for so long before you start to question, all right, the reason you're even here and doing the things you're doing. I got a big question for you right here, okay? And this is huge, and I want you to really think about this. I'm gonna leave it up there for a minute because I'm gonna open this up. What is the last thing Jesus wanted you to know about him? Yourself, the people you hold dear, his church, and the world around you. Let's think about that in parts. What is the last thing that Jesus wanted you to know about himself, about him? I don't know, maybe you know everything there is to know about Jesus and he can't inform you anymore. If that's you, you're probably in heaven already, okay? So, all right, because that ain't you, all right? Because one thing he wants to know about yourself is stop lying to yourself, all right? So what's the last thing he wanted you to know about him? And when was the last time he told you that? When was the last time you leaned in with intention to hear more about him, man? Yeah, what was the last time thing he told you he wanted you to know about yourself? What was the last thing he, he pointed out to you about you in relation to him? Because I guarantee you, when you come face to face, when you're sitting at the feet of Christ, coming face to face with the God of the universe, with the creator of everything that can be known and can't be known, when you come face to face with the one who's actually sustaining your breathing at this very moment, all right, you don't know all you need to know, I guarantee it. What was, what was the last thing that he told you about himself? What was the last thing he told you about yourself? What is the last thing he told you about the people that you hold dear? About your family, about your wife. Men, what is the last thing God told you about your wife? Not the last thing you told God about your wife, way different. What is the last thing he told you about his daughter? 
Well, we could end the sermon right there. <laughs> Hold on to that. Women, what's the last thing he told you about his son, your husband? Or the man that he desires to be his son? Or the woman he desires to be uh, husbands, or the woman he might desire to be your wife? Or his, 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 his daughter? What's the last thing he told you about your children, your parents, your, 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 your brothers, your sisters, your family? What's the last thing he told you about his church? I guarantee you he's got something to say about that since he died for it. When's the last time you leaned in to hear, not tell him what you think about his church or that church or that church or that church or that church? What's the last thing he told you about his church? And what is the last thing he told you about the world around you? I try to challenge you people. Don't get up and put on the news first thing in the morning. Open the Bible so he can tell you how to look at the news. When's the last time you leaned in, man? How could you even know these things, right? Praise the Lord, we got an answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Why don't you pray with me? Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Oh, God. Forgive us for knowing too much, or at least thinking we do. Father, forgive us, Lord God, for wrapping you up in a box, Lord God, and thinking that's all there is to you, Lord God. I'm not talking about Christmas, Lord. I'm talking about our life. Forgive us, Father, for not spending enough time with you. Help us, Lord God, to hear your voice this morning. Heavenly Father, help us to hear your voice this morning. Help us to hear Jesus. Help us, Lord God, to not make any excuses this morning. But as our brother just said, as the word of God cuts like a sharp double-edged sword just through all to our entire being, revealing all of our hearts and intentions. Help us, Lord God, to submit to that. It's all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the book of Luke, and we're in chapter 10. We're finishing out the chapter, and we will begin in Luke again, January 1st. We'll begin with chapter 11, January 1st. We're going to start right in about prayer and what is prayer and how to pray and what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? What, what should we pray for? Stuff like that. Great way to start the new year. Next week, we're going to take a break off of Luke and uh, we're going to just, we're, we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve together here. And uh, the message is called So Loved. And we're actually going back to Isaiah, talking about the first John 3.16 verse before there was a John 3.16 verse out of Isaiah 43. And then Sunday morning, we have a message for you that'll be online. And it is John 3.16. <laughs> so we'll have the, the, the pre-verse and the actual verse in uh, within two days. So tune in for that. But right now, we're right here, and we're, 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 we're in this story, this crazy ending story. Many of you have read this. It's about two sisters uh, in, with Jesus over at the house, right, and how they respond to Jesus coming over the house. And a lot of sometimes men will look at this story and say, well, this is for girls. No, it isn't. <laughs> Jesus was there, all right? It's, 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 we can learn a lot from how women, all right, uh, uh, in their relationship with Christ. I guarantee you, men. 
All right, and so and, and, and we're going to learn that here today because I sure did. All right, and unless you have it all wrapped up, man, and you have all your instructions from God, and He just told you, "Go on, you don't need me anymore. Handle it, change the world." If He told you that, you know, you you did not hear from the right God. Um, so, um, but it's good, man, for for us to kind of just slow down and listen and be still and know that He is God. And so. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, now as they went through this, their way, Jesus and his disciples are traveling. They, they spent a lot of time in the northern Israel, uh, or northern uh, you know, uh, uh, country of the Israelites, the Galilean area and Capernaum and all this stuff. He did a lot of ministry you know, in, in, in Earl, all through Luke. And then now they've been traveling towards Jerusalem. And he'll be traveling towards Jerusalem through the, probably the next nine chapters, I believe. And, uh, and, and then we'll finally get there. But it says, now that as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village, all right? And uh, it, was a, it was a village of some very good friends of his, Lazarus, who he raised from the dead. It was, it was his house and his two sisters, Martha and Mary. And he entered the village, and, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I got a question for you. I, if you just, if you found, okay, if you found out right this second that Jesus is going to be at your house right after service, how many of you would get up and leave right now to go get things ready? Think about it. How many of you get up and leave? Like, right, wait, wait, he's got, like, right, like, right after, like, after the songs or after the service? What? After the service, Jesus is heading over your house. How many of you would get up and leave right now just to get things ready? <laughs> now, think about your house. What would be the first thing that you need to do? I mean, you know what your house looks like right now. What would be the first thing that you think that you need to do and get done? How, how many of you would just like, just take off? It's like, okay, I got to get up right now. This place would clear out, right? I mean, think about it like this now. I'm going to challenge you even deeper. You would knowingly leave his word being presented do you think that's what he wants? How much preparation, all right, okay. How much preparation, all right, if you did go home, how much preparation of your house would be so above and beyond that the people of your house wouldn't even recognize it? It's like, wait, is it, I'm in the wrong house. You know what I mean? How much work would you do at your house where people walk in and go, okay, what's going on, right? You know, there's something, there's something different. Or would you take into consideration that, 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 that he, being God, knows exactly what your house looks like right now as is. He's God. <laughs> he knows exactly what things look like as is. Think about these things. <laughs> would it even matter that you would, in a sense, be kind of faking the front by running home right now and trying to clean up and doing all this stuff? Or would you sit here, now understand how I'm saying this, at his feet, not my feet, because I'm with you. I'm learning as I preach. I'm preaching to myself. Or would you sit here at his feet with me, at his feet, listening to his word, and at the end of service, knowing he's on your way, kind of go there with him, just kind of walk in the bathroom, pick up the dirty chonies, throw them away real quick, and then, and then, and then just kind of like, okay, <laughs> out of the bathroom, all right? How many of you would just kind of roll with it like that? 
he says, she said that, she, that Martha welcomed him into her house. This idea of welcoming, receiving, not only into her house, but into her presence. And you see, our lives are moving pictures of this whole scenario. Our lives are, are moving pictures, all right, of this whole scenario. I mean, we think that when we, when we pray, all right, or, or when we take time to like, okay, well, I got to do that prayer thing, all right, or, or, or I got to read, you know, just some quick scripture of the day before I take off, or we go to church, or when we go to church, all right, we forget that he knows our life as, as is already. He already knows our life as is, all right, and he sees everything as is, all right, because after that verse that, uh, that Jordan shared, all right, in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12, verse 13 says that everything is open and naked to the eyes of God at this very moment. There's nothing hidden. He knows everything as is. He knows your life as is. And so sometimes, you know, I've even caught myself, you know, trying to just say these, back in the day, like I say these, trying to say these formal prayers and God is not, he knows I'm not a formal person. All right, just not. They had these tie things that they were wearing. They gave me one. I put it on for a minute. I, I was loose. I felt like I'm being choked. Like I got, you know what I mean? And I was loose. I just took it off real quick. And you know, I'll wear it once in a while. I don't have anything against them on other people. But for me, it just, I just, you know, whatever. But he knows you as is, man. Now here, I want to challenge you to a thought. And I'm going to put this up there. This is really, really important. I want you to look at this, take a picture of this, write this down if you're pretty quick. But I want you to recognize this. Until you realize that Jesus loves you because of who he, he is and not who you pretend to be, you'll never understand the love of our great God and King. I want you to think about that. Let's leave that up there for a while. And, you know, because we're thinking that, you know, like I, I use the analogy, I'm going to run home and clean up. He already knows what it looks like. Cleaning up is not a bad thing, all right? We're going to get to that point here in a minute, all right? But, but, but when we are in our lives and we think that we need to, you know, go through this kind of like spiritual, uh, you know, metal detector before we walk in here and like just take all those things off and we have all this craziness in the truck or in the car before we leave in the parking lot, all right? Until we realize that God loves you, all right? That, that, that Jesus loves you just because, because of who he is. Because of who he is. He loves you as is because of who he is. Not the person you pretend to be. Until you recognize this, you will never, ever, ever truly understand the love of our great God and King. That is such a huge thought to consider. In Luke 10, 39, in the next verse, it goes on, Mary, you know, Martha invited Jesus in her house, all right, and it says that she had a sister, and I like to think that Mary's probably her little sister because she gets so annoyed with her, all right? <laughs> all right, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet, the Lord's feet, and, and listened to his teaching. Think about that. He came in the house, and Mary immediately sat at the Lord's feet, and listen to his teaching. Think about that. Jesus comes to your house and you're balancing the idea of do I entertain him or do I sit at his feet? Or what do I do? Well, somebody needs to do something or nothing will get done, remember? I don't know, man. If Jesus came to my house, if Jesus came to my house, I mean, physically, I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I know what you're thinking. He is in your house. I'm going to get there. All right? 
But if physical Christ was to come and, no, that didn't work. I wanted to get a big, there it is. I have to slap myself in the face to get a good knock. All right, never mind. Imagine I went knock, 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 knock. If Jesus came to your house and knocked on your door, you opened it up and he came in and he came into my house. If he came into my house, I'm not leaving his presence. I don't know about you, man. I don't, you know what? I am not leaving his presence. I'm gonna sit right there with him and any room he is in, I wanna be in that room. And if I have to go to the bathroom and I'm like, ah, ah, I'm gonna ask him to come with me because I don't wanna miss nothing. You know what I mean? I don't wanna miss nothing. And so I wanna challenge that thought as well. Because Jesus, yes, is in your house right now. He's in your house right now. He's right here right now. He's, uh, he's with you every day. And I believe every morning he is waiting for us to wake up, all right, so that we could spend time with him. I remember I used to share with my youth back in the day that, 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 that and I'd ask if any of my youth have ever fallen out, fallen out of bed while they're sleeping. And several of you, has anybody here ever fallen out of bed when you're a kid? Or even if you're an adult, <laughs> I still do it, all right? <laughs> I like to joke around and think that was Jesus saying, just get up. I want to talk with you. All right. <laughs> just get up, man. All right. I think he wants, he wants to hang out with us that badly. That he'll knock you right out of bed. How many of you wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep? What do you do about that? I like to think that maybe Jesus wants to talk. See, now the challenge for me is if I truly believe that God is at my house every day and every morning, and why am I not getting up every morning with that eager expectation to spend time with him? You see, as a child, Christmas Eve used to be one of my, my favorite nights of the week, all right, because there was so much anticipation, right? As a kid, man, you're just like, you're just blown away, man, with the anticipation, it's Christmas Eve, man, and you know what? <laughs> there are some presents underneath that tree. They got my name on them. I actually wrote my name on other presents that weren't even mine, all right? That's just kind of kid I was, all right? It's like, I can't wait, all right? This, you know, that, that's, that's just how what I felt, you know? And, and, and I was so just eager and, and anxious to, to, and you know, try to sleep because you just, and you just couldn't sleep. It was so hard because you were so anxious to get up in the morning and like, boom, it is on man. You know what I mean? And this is like, these things are going. I'm ripping all these presents apart. There's an amazing gift sitting right beside you and even in you every day. And it's the presence of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? This is one of those things you can literally say without saying the Lord's name in vain. Oh my God. What does it take to fall down and worship recognizing that, that, that there is an amazing gift and his name is Jesus Christ and he's with us every day, every second of the day. There's not a moment where he is absent or on some foreign planet, all right? He is here with you every day. Do you recognize how amazing that is? And we have access to him through his Holy Spirit to converse with him, to hear from him, to open his word and say, yeah, yes, yes, Christ, I can't believe it. That should freak you out. 
I know you maybe you're holding and waiting to freak out later. All right, I get it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to freak out right now for you. Because that just freaks me out. But then I got to challenge myself again. How often do I go to bed with that eager expectation as I did on Christmas Eve, knowing that the first thing in the morning I get to sit at the Lord's feet? I know you got a lot to do, man. I know you're a busy person. And I know it's because as a follower of Christ, your life is a life of leadership. And we're leaders. But every great leader must submit to someone before they can lead anyone. Every great leader must submit to someone before they can lead anyone. Otherwise, where does your leadership come from and where is it going? Verse 40. But Martha being, was distracted with so much serving, right? And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I mean, out of all the people, all the in the, in the world and on the world and out of this world to, to question whether they, not, they care or not. This is the wrong person to say, don't you even care? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that is just not a good sentence. It just doesn't make sense. But, but it, she asks it. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Now, I don't know why Martha allowed herself to be so distracted. I'm not an expert on Martha. I'm not here to, you know, throw Martha under the bus or anything like that. But I do know that the story is there in the scriptures. It's here for a reason, and it's here for us to understand. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 says that whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. And so with that... All right, immediately what it catches my attention is this word distracted. And that's just me. Maybe something else catches you, but I just want to talk about that. Like, well, what, what distracts you every morning? What distracts you? What, what, what pulls you away? You see, this word distracting means is being pulled away. What pulls you away? Every, every, every opportunity that you get to spend time with Christ. What What's distracting you right now? As, you, as, you, as, you're, as you're listening to the word of God, even today, even this moment, what's on your mind right now that you're like, man, I just really need to hurry up and get through this because I got so many things to do this afternoon. What's pulling your thought away? What's pulling your attention away? What's pulling your mind away? What's making you think that maybe today would have been a good day? You know what? This is a weekend before Christmas. I shouldn't have even came today because I got so much to do. What's distracting you? What is pulling you away in this, in this matter? What worries are pulling you away? What anxieties are pulling you away? What things not done yet are pulling you away? What plans that have not been made yet are pulling you away? What things that have not been finished yet are pulling away? What have you left on your desk that you're like, man, I shouldn't have left that? What have you left on your, in your, in your to-do list that you shouldn't have left? What Texas, what is pulling you away from him this very moment? 
What relational problems that haven't been fixed? Okay, that's a big one, God. This is relational. You told us to love one another the way you love it. You know, that's a big deal. That could pull us away. But which of these right now are too big for Jesus? And of all these anxieties, all these distractions, all these things that are pulling us away today, which are too big for him to handle or which are too small? Ah, he doesn't care about that. He cares about everything in your life. Which of these distractions, anxieties, worries, whatever the case may be, would not benefit from sitting at his feet? You see, Martha's real problem wasn't Mary. Martha's problem was with Martha. She had become distracted and it took our eyes off Christ. Has that ever been you? I mean, even in the good things, even in our service, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> you serve with, with good intent, but you forget to also sit at the feet of Christ. Here's what I know, man. When, when we don't sit before we serve, our serving is very self-centered. When we don't sit before Christ, before we serve. I'm not just talking about in the church building and stuff. I'm talking about in your life as being the church on the streets. When we don't sit before we serve, we end up, you know, our, our serving is, is self-centered. And we, have, we end up doing things for Jesus rather than alongside him. You ever seen people who just get caught up doing things for Jesus, but they're doing things for Jesus actually without Jesus? Ever seen that? Bullhorn guy. You ever see that guy? The sign and bullhorn guy? You go to these events, you got bullhorn guy out there, just, you're all going to hell. Because that's what Jesus did with the bullhorn. All right, he went to all the events, all right, and told everybody that they're scum and they're going to hell. I saw one guy, he was actually calling people pigs. Get away from me, pig. Don't touch me, pig. Get away from me. Or one, I, I, a while back when Harry Potter came out, there was all these churches. I don't know if you guys remember this. All these churches were on the news because they were burning the Harry Potter books. We need to burn the Harry Potter books. The burn the, let me just tell you, man, if Hitler did it, it's probably not a good idea. Just think about it. Burning books. Okay, get some of that. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Right? But Martha was distracted. And then the Lord answered her and he said, Martha, Martha, you can hear the tenderness in his voice as he repeats it. There's not an explanation. Martha, Martha! He's not doing that. It's Martha, Martha. There's such a tenderness there. There's such a love there. There's such a, there's such a, there's such a, a pulling towards him there. He said, man, you're anxious and you're troubled about so many things. And when, if we were to look at that verse, every morning, or even better yet, at the end of every day, and put our name there twice. Ernie, Ernie, <laughs> you're anxious and troubled about so many things. 
And it would challenge me, why is it so hard to turn my brains off at night? Why does, when I'm praying, why does God seem like he's a million miles away? Why does it feel like if I'm not doing something, nothing will get done? Because you're troubled, you're anxious and troubled about so many things. Why, why does it feel if, I, if I'm not doing something that nothing will get done? You want to know why? Because Christmas is seven days away. <laughs> Does anybody know that? <laughs> right? But check this out, man. I don't know that Jesus requires all these preparations for his birthday. I think we give ourselves all these unnecessary troubles, speaking of Christmas, and providing so many things for his birthday when less would have been fine. Let me just ask you this. How many of you would like this big of a fuss to be made about your birthday? Anybody? Hey, it's your birthday. The whole world is just rushing and getting crazy. Ah, lines, Black Friday. You know what I mean? You know, how many? I got to get the deal for your present. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, we're not giving you any presents. I'm just going to give other people presents. We might say, yeah, we're going to leave you out of it, your birthday. Martha, Martha, your name, your name, whatever the case may be. I am anxious and troubled about so many things. Verse 42, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away. Okay, this is Christ saying one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary in this life. One thing cannot be missed in this life. In your breathing time here on the planet and walking across the terrain, one thing you cannot miss. What is your one thing? What's your one thing, man? What's your one thing that is so necessary that cannot be missed? How many one things do you got? David said in Psalms 27, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. That one thing, all right, when Jesus was challenging a guy, all right, about the kingdom, you know, Jesus heard what he said. He said to him, one thing you still lack, sell everything, get rid of all your distractions and all your anxieties to distribute them to the poor and have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. That's the one thing, all right? The apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 13, brother, I don't consider that I have made it on my own, all right? But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal or the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. There was a man who was blind and he encountered Jesus, all right? And he was blind and they said, "Who? the guy who did this is a sinner. And he said, you know what? Whether he's a sinner, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see, and he did it. What's your one thing? What is your one thing? Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, 
and follow me. Not weekly. He didn't say, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross every Sunday, if you can make it. And now you got a lot going on. Or monthly, or yearly, Christmas, Easter, whatever. But to sit with him and serve with him daily. He said, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Yeah, the only way you can follow anyone is to know where they're going, correct? And the only way you can know where someone is going is to be with that person while they're going. Amen? So many times we try to follow Jesus without any Jesus. And he says, but this one thing you lack, this one thing is necessary to be with me. Don't break your neck trying to be for me. Jesus, I believe, is challenging you not to be so much for him, but to be with him and in him and he in you. This one thing, he says, above all things. But I want to get busy for him. I want to, I want to serve him, absolutely. Of course we want to serve him because when we sit with him, we recognize he's not always just sitting so still that he is moving and we want to move with him. But how can we know? Sit with him so you can know where he is calling you to serve with him. Sit with him so you can know where he's calling you to serve with him. Amen? Three things I want you to do. Three questions I want to attach to these three things very quickly. We've already talked with him about this, but we sang this at the very beginning. We said, make room, make room to not only talk with Jesus, but to hear him speak to you. All right. So how will you create space to listen to him tomorrow morning? How are you right now going to create space? Don't leave here without answering that question. How will you create space to be with him tomorrow? You're with him right now, amen? How will you create space to listen to him and be with him tomorrow? Number two, listen with intention, all right? What, what will help you retain what he's telling you. What, what do you need to bring with you? Maybe a pad and paper, all right? All right, you know, but, 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 but what are you going to do to listen, to lean in? All right, don't just do all the talking. Open his word. Allow him to speak to you. And what's going to help you hold on to what he tells you? So make room not only to talk with him, but to hear him. Answer that question. Listen with intention, and then answer that question. And then get up and serve with him. And the question I have there is, who will you invite to keep you accountable to what he tells you? You see, we're, to, we're meant to do this not in isolation, but in community. We're meant to live this life out for Christ in community with one another, discipling one another. That's a part of it, growing with one another, all for his glory. Amen? Who's going to help you keep accountable to this one thing? that he's called you to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. Right on. <laughs>